Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about, well, whatever you want to talk about. It's Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Jay. If it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, pretty much every day of the year, we're here taking your calls about whatever it is that you want to talk about. And... Jay, I don't know if you're paying much attention to the uh, the presidential race out there, but I've been keeping an eye on this gal named Tulsi Gabbard. Have you? Well, a little bit, because in my listening, I, from what I understand, she's the only one who's actually on a Democrat side that is actually anti-war or against war, it sounds like. I think it's probably more accurate to say she's against these wars. Like she, okay. you know, she's not, she's not a principled pacifist or anything like that. She's a vet, and um, as a vet, I think she has a view on uh, conflict that is uh, born out of the fact that she might have had to go over there and die for it. So, so when you say these wars, you're talking about the wars that have been going on while the generations that are pretty much alive are alive, like the last. 20 years probably yeah those you know. the, the most recent ones especially um i don't know what she feels like on vietnam or whatever but currently there there are people in the military right now that have not lived in a world without conflict right yeah because it's been 18 19 years we've been on right. afghanistan o- occupation or basically conflict more or less you know if you consider somebody who was born um you know 2001 because obviously they weren't paying much attention prior to that, but <laughs> they were born in 2001. They, uh, you know, they, they, their whole world has been the United. States, everybody's out to get us. And anybody who served in Afghanistan, uh, unless they're really, really ignorant, has got to understand that the whole purpose of the Afghan, you know, occupation is literally to keep a steady supply of opiates going. Uh, the heroin trade. I mean. You know, Silver Dave's one of my best friends. He's been talking about this, you know, for t- 10 years. A almost. former Green Beret. And uh, I've every time I mention to somebody that's done time, as I refer to it, in Afghanistan in the military, I just talked to a guy at an auction a couple of weeks ago. He works for the auction company. And I, he says he, he was a Marine. So oh, where'd you serve? He goes, oh, I was in, you know, Afghanistan. And I says, oh, uh, so would you say that the heroin supply in the United States is being... Um, subsidized by the U.S. military, he goes, absolutely. He goes, I, that is the perfect description. He says, literally, we were told not to interfere with uh, basically the opium production is, is what he had to say. Yep, and that's that's it's one way to look at it. I what I've got to argue here is, and what I, first off, I guess what I would say is about Tulsi Gabbard is is that for some reason, I don't know what that reason is. I wouldn't claim to know, but basically. Every mainstream news article I see about Tulsi Gabbard is a hit piece on this lady. Now, I don't particularly well, like... Well, all the mainstream supports war. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I don't particularly like Tulsi Gabbard, and I'm not certainly not calling her a libertarian. If I had a Democratic uh, primary vote, and I will not, I'm going to remain a uh, Republican voter for that particular primary season which means that I don't get to vote in that primary um, because, well, the Republicans have already picked their guy. I guess uh, Bill Weld is claiming he's going to run, but um, regardless, it doesn't really make a difference whether I one— thought, I thought he was a libertarian last time around, old Bill Weld there. <laughs> something something happened. He, he was but, at Porkfest, and I really wanted to heckle him, but I, I just wasn't prepared. He was speaking, uh, but I was busy setting up for the uh, free Ross auction and getting things going, and he was on stage speaking, and 
If if I actually knew he was going to be there, like maybe if I actually looked at the schedule, I definitely would have uh, heckled him a bit. Well, either way, um, whatever happens with Bill Weld, for some reason the mainstream media is after Tulsi Gabbard, and I don't understand why. And what everything that they say is about her position on conflict, and that says to me that for some reason the mainstream media is anti pacifist and i don't mean a pacifist in the sense where you're talking about somebody who's like well i just wouldn't do anything if you decided to beat my wife up in front of me that's not a pacifist all right that is a anti-life position of insane people that's not what a word in order to have a meaning must have a real it must have it must be concrete it must be understandable um and whereas this idea of pacifism to the point that you simply will not meet aggression with anything that's not that that that, it's fiction it doesn't even make sense no one will do that even a person that claimed that they would do that wouldn't do that i i said something about being a libertarian to somebody in passing the other day and a lady says yeah i just i just can't be get on board with you isolationists right uh this was actually in a a market in manchester new hampshire a little health food store sure so um isolationism to these people means not dropping bombs on other people's kids right and because right? look if uh, which nation is isolationist what makes it not isolationist and if that's the case um if if whatever you know Whatever you claim makes a nation isolationist, either almost all nations in the world are isolationist, in which case the United States needs to stop what it's doing. If, if isolationism has to do with, uh, you know, prosecuting wars around the world, being the world's cop, effectively. The only isolationism I see amongst nations is literally be a side effect of sanctions by the United States and its friends. Just really, I mean... Of what I can tell, I haven't been to really any other countries, and but just what I see, what's going on, and I'm hearing in media and stuff, it's just it's it's just a side effect of sanctions. Yeah, there's there's not very many isolationist countries uh, out there that want to be isolationist. Right. So um, isolationist means not doing economic business with other countries, and no one, no libertarian, is advocating for that. There are isolationists in America. Pat Buchanan would probably wear the the title proudly. I agree with him on a lot of issues. One of those issues isn't foreign trade. I don't agree with tariffs. I don't agree with the the ideas. Tariffs are taxes that Americans pay. And we live in a global society, and in a global society, you need to do business on a global scale. Nobody who's listening to me can buy an American-made toaster. They just don't have them anymore. Yeah, not unless you found one at a flea market or something or a swap shop. Right. I don't and, even know. It's, your, your money is then going to an American for the toaster, but I don't even know if that toaster that you found at a swap shop is American-made. You'd have to go back to a pretty old toaster at that point. And, and getting back to Tulsi and, and the mainstream media, I mean, at the very least, you know, war sells headlines, if that's what me- mainstream media wants to do. But I think mainstream media is more influenced, first off, by the shareholders that own these large corporations like you know, Fox or MSNBC or Clear Channel or whoever the handful of conglomerates are that literally distribute almost all the media. And then, of course, you have, if you look at, uh, if you watch, I was at someone's place, oh, three, four weeks ago, and they're kind of normies and they're watching, I don't know, some sports ball game or something. And uh, they had like a Fox break-in or whatever. And and it was like two or three um, uh, commercials the whole time I were there that caught my attention were this... uh, you know, join the Army National Guard, you know, Marines, you know, family of whatever, you know, the 
the war machine propaganda. And this mainstream media has been basically sucking off the nipple of the war machine uh, probably since the war machine and media existed together, best I can tell. And so part of this is um, the... The veterans, right? Like what a lot of a lot of people who are pro war get their parlance from supporting the troops, right? Yeah. And yep. every time we get on the air and we say that uh, veterans are basically people who have been uh, tricked Duped. into, yep. yeah, d- tricked into supporting, uh, you know, basically being, uh, you know, people that are accepting paychecks in order to. Go and do the bidding of liars and thieves in Washington, D.C. You say that, and then the phones light up. Everybody's mad. Right? I have an article here that perhaps will give you some level of vindication for me if you feel that way about my position. So it's from thenewrepublic.com, and it says here, from the New Republic, most veterans say America's wars are a waste. No one is listening to them. If you support the wars and you support the veterans, you are at odds with yourself. You have a dichotomous position. The veterans are of the opinion that we should stop sending young people to die in pointless wars. That's why so many veterans supported Ron Paul. I think veterans were the largest support group of Ron Paul, largest donators. But chicken hawks hated Ron Paul. Oh, absolutely. People who wanted other people to fight their wars hated them. Those are the people that don't support the vets. 800 Excuse me, 855-450-3733. Pre-talk live. Call in. Talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Jay. What we're talking about is this article from the New Republic that says that most veterans say America's wars are a waste. And that nobody is listening to the veterans that they claim to support. Well, there and, are people listening, but those voices don't have multi-million dollar, you know, um, purses to an equipment. You know, they're not big mainstream media. They're not clear channels not listening. Fox isn't listening. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what uh, I don't know what these major news organizations would have to benefit what I would say is this, is, is that when I bring up the topic of foreign wars on the air and sort of the reality of the exploitation of young people uh, to fight these foreign wars, because there are no wars without troops, okay? Like, forget it, ladies and gentlemen. It simply doesn't happen. The liars and thieves in Washington, D.C. will not fight their own wars. Generals do not, you know, fire rifles, that's just not done. I mean, you know, they may do it in practice or something, but they're not fighting wars. Wars are fought by troops. Poor people. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 enlisted people. Yeah, you know, you'll find a lieutenant, uh, you know, a captain, those sorts of things. They'll be out there in the battle, but basically wars are fought by enlisted men. And if you don't have, you know, if you don't have this grist mill where we create mind-numbed fooled people to go into the military, then you don't have these pointless wars that have been going on for 20 years. Now I'm, you can, you can come after me for saying the wars are pointless, but then you're coming after the vets too. And I'm going to read this, uh, just, I'm going to read the, finish reading this article here real quick, but I want to tell you about my magic mud before we do one thing. It's probably hard to get my magic mud if you're overseas and as an enlisted person. 
It's a black tooth powder made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay that's clinically proven to whiten teeth. I use it regularly, and as a matter of fact, I use it about every four to seven days. That's what's prescribed or the, the suggested, as it were, and I believe that it gets my teeth cleaner than regular toothpaste. It feels like it's we've just finished having, having a tooth cleaning, more or less. And you can get this at most major health food stores, Sprouts, CVS, Natural Grocers, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle, Amazon. This is a mainstream product, and you can get it just about anywhere. But if you go to MyMagicMud.com and you use coupon code FTL20, then you can get it at 20% off. And it's not that much. Um, it's basically a six-month supply in one of their little tubs. And the 20% off, I think it's somewhere around 10 bucks, And that's a great deal. It's MyMagicMud.com, coupon code FTL20. MyMagicMud.com, coupon code FTL20. So going on here, um, there's a widening gap between Washington's bipartisan militarism and veterans' bipartisan war skepticism. In spite of his confused account of U.S. history, his partisan snipes, his dictatorial posturing, Donald Trump's parading and speechifying in Washington uh, on July 4th attempted to glom on to one of the last consensus issues in a broken American culture. We love to support our troops. We celebrate our history, our people, and our heroes who proudly defend our flag, the brave men and women of the United States military. Trump yeah, told a crowd dis- of mostly VIPs in the Lincoln Memorial. I disagree with that. I mean, they're not defending the flag. They're what what they're doing is they're sec- securing heroin interests. They're helping to destabilize nations that you know don't want to use U.S. dollars. If anything, they're working for the bankers and and big pharma, kind of well, all at the same time. Let's not forget that when uh, what was that quarterback's name? I've forgotten his name. The uh, the black guy that got in trouble for not uh, oh, Kaepernick. Yeah, Kaepernick. So when Colin Kaepernick decided to kneel during the uh, the, the anthem in order to protest perceived police violence against blacks in America, right? No one said, "Why don't you support our police officers?" They all said, "You're insulting the troops." Yeah, so the suggestion is is that the troops and the flag are inexorably linked. And I think that there's something historically to that notion. It's a media spin with the whole Kaepernick thing because he wasn't, you know, bashing the troops or nothing. His problem Said nothing was, about him. was with the, the cops. The reason he was kneeling was because a guy in the military suggested that that would be a better way to protest. He had previously just been sitting on the bench, and no one was really paying much attention to him. But when he knelt, it was a um, it was more obvious that he did so. Yep. You know, there he is in line with everybody else, kneeling. And that caused more problems. But anyway, I, I will say that people tend to link the flag. And as a matter of fact, you know, here at the Republican meetings in Keene, New Hampshire— some people uh, will stand for the flag and some people won't uh, when they do the pledge. And, you know, I mean, that gets the people who want to do the pledge even more entrenched that we got to do the pledge. Why? Because we're veterans or we support the troops or whatever the reason is. Oh, yeah. Right. So it's almost always when you talk about these uh, these these displays towards the flags, it's almost always about the troops. And so that's what the claim here is, is from the article that Donald Trump was trying to to, to glom on to. And I would agree. Hey, when I used to be in the uh, Massachusetts truck pullers, which is a still functioning club, they have set up truck pulls all over Western Mass. You know, it's a lot of Western Mass rednecks and 
you know, flag wavers, and they're all a lot of them are pro military. Even the company that, out of uh, the Berkshires that builds a Bearcat actually was one of the sponsors. Yeah. Uh, until I became a board member, and I absolutely so we did not want their sponsorship. Uh, I forget what they're called, but I wish I could say their name. But uh, anyway, Lenco Bearcat, Lenko, exactly. Yeah, they were out of uh, Pittsfield, I think, or Lenox, Mass. But they, uh, so they were one of the sponsors. I was like, no, nah, we don't need their their two hundred bucks that they want to give us to you know come show off their you know machine that's going to be used against Americans. Uh, you know their Bearcat, and I would never stand for the flag. And I was a sled operator, and everybody could see me because. And people would come up to me and be like, "What? You don't support our troops, right?" I'm As like, though well, not standing for the flag has I'm anything like, to do with the troops. But what are you talking about? I I don't support empirism. I don't support the fact that you know, I don't war. First off, I, I just I'm not a member of this religion called the United States. I'm just not. And a lot of people don't consider you know they don't even consider it uh, a religion. They consider it the water in which we swim. Right? Like the patri- patriotism in America is our atmosphere. If you don't like it, go to Somalia. Right? Why not go to Somalia? Yep. Like if you don't like everything that I think about, you know, red, white, and blue, and certain a certain song and a certain uh, little prayer to a, a graven image. If you don't think of those things the same way I do, then well, by God. Go to Somalia. Go to the worst place on the planet because you disagree with me. And twenty years ago, I was carrying the American flag on a horse in parades. Uh, often, I have uh, had at one point a '76 Eldorado convertible, you know, 1976, the bicentennial of the United States, and it was bedecked. It was red, and it was bedecked in red, white, and blue. Um, I, you know, after 9/11, I had two flags flying off my car uh, supporting uh, the United States, and it's not that. It's not that, you know, like I particularly have a problem with red, white, and blue or flags or any of these things. It's that the symbolism itself gives power to the politicians. That's the conclusion I've come to. And that's what I'm trying to portray by reading this article is is that, you know, like you cannot support the flag, to my mind. You cannot support the pledge. You cannot support the anthem. You can't support these things without giving power to the politicians themselves because they drape themselves in it. They'll and they'll kill your kids over it because of their lust for power is why your kids are dying right. overseas. If if it was their lust, you know, like I don't want to worship their lust for power. 855-450-3733. 855-450-free. I'm a little obsessed with My Magic Mud. Several years ago, I met Jessica Armand, the founder and CEO of My Magic Mud, and I didn't even know my teeth were coffee-stained. A week's worth of use convinced me, and now I use it every three or four days. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth, and I think it cleans better, too. My Magic Mud's available at most local health food stores, Sprouts, Natural Grocers, CVS, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle, but I can get it for you for 20% off with coupon code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. FTL20MyMagicMud.com. talk live call in talk about whatever's on your mind it's mark with you and jay 855-450-3733 it's 855-450 free as in freedom and if you have your own business whether it's online or uh, bricks and mortar or, or you go to people's houses whatever it is that you might do um check out helpmetakebitcoin.com because if you do you'll find a way to reach new customers. And that's what everybody wants. If you accept cryptocurrency at your business, at least 
in my experience, new people who otherwise would not have frequented your business, well, start hunting you down and finding you. Now, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world, but I live here in, you know, cute little Keene, New Hampshire. And I've gone to businesses that I would not go to otherwise because they accept cryptocurrency. And that's a nice thing to have when it comes to your business. So help me take Bitcoin.com. We'll walk you through. It's like a five-minute process, tops. There's no sign-up. Uh, sign-up is easy. There's no ID, no verification, no paperwork, none of that stuff that goes in with, say, taking credit cards. It's easy. It's point of sale, and they make it uh, possible for you to accept Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, Zcash, and, and so many more. Help me take Bitcoin.com. You can use it uh, Android, iOS, whatever you need to do. Uh, help me take Bitcoin.com. There's a mom-and-pop gas station here in uh, New Hampshire right down the road from my house, and I got them, I convinced them to, to kind of start taking Bitcoin for their products. And what it is is the two kids that are like in their 30s, uh, they're part owners at a gas station, and if they're there, they'll take Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or Dash for gas or for pizza or whatever. And actually what had happened a couple of mornings ago, I went in there, and um, the one guy, uh, Trevor's his name, had just shown up. And I heard his uh, mom say to him, "So some man was in here wanted to buy gas with Bitcoin, and I told him I didn't know how that worked, and he'd have to come in when my son's here, and he left. <laughs> so he didn't buy he didn't buy right and she was like darn you know could have sold some gas and coffee or whatever right. you know and, and it was but she it was, was feeling a little fussy uh because now she's lost a sale that she actually knew she lost right as opposed to being in a business where you know you're losing sales if you have a business right now and you're not accepting cryptocurrency you're losing sales you don't know how many because somebody's not coming in and calling you up and saying oh you take crypto well no Okay, bye. Click. You know, um, you're not you're not seeing that. So. And so he's like, "Yeah, I, th- I, I, my mom wants to know about it now. She's asking questions. So it's it's progressing, it, which is awesome. But that's the idea. So going back to this article from the New Republic, and I, I want to, you know, one of the reasons I want to read this article that most veterans say America's wars are a waste and no one's listening to them is because these are the kind of things we've been saying on Free Talk Live for a long time. And we get called all kinds of names for it. But if you're a veteran, mind you, it doesn't make a difference that somewhere like 33% of our hosts are veterans. doesn't make a difference that that's the case. It's that, uh, you know, we're America haters, right? And by the way, what I've seen is, is that if you're a veteran, then the next question is, are you a combat veteran? Like, it just keeps on ramping up. Now, not, mu- not many people can say much to... Silver Dave, who's a Green Beret, right? Right, yeah. Um, you know, they, they can't say much to him. Or Adam Kokesh. Well, you know, he, yeah, but Kokesh, is, he's not a, a host of the show, but he's certainly uh, well, been on Okay, here. yeah, he's yeah. been on. All right. So the long war that began on September the 11th, 2001, added to veterans' already outsized role in American narrative. Worship of military service has become an indispensable cog in every politician and corporation's endearment strategy. And this is one of the things I think about the flag is this is a cheap way of virtue signaling. You got a flag hanging outside and, you know, 90% of people agree that's a good idea to have a flag. Why not? Now, I to me, it's like it's, it's just like, oh, in case I forget which country I'm in. Ah, thank God they've got these flags all over the place. My, my favorite is when I see the Gadsden flag right above the uh, American flag and or 
when it's like a sticker the, on a car the cop flag and, and a- it's the American flag with the thin blue line. So it's like, don't tread on me, but I support those who are going to, you know, tread on who tread mostly on Americans. And that would be the police in that particular. So on the actual subject of war. Almost no one in mainstream politics is actually listening to the troops. That's the main takeaway from the Pew Research Center's latest rolling poll of U.S. veterans. Pew Research Center, not exactly a marginal research organization. What do they do anyways? I mean, I, I, I've heard it before. I'm not even sure what it is. Is it just some government-financed think tank? No, Pew, Pew is an organization that sells research to, uh, to businesses and stuff like that, some okay. of them being news. In which uh, solid minorities, majorities, excuse me, of former troops said that the wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Syria were not worth fighting. The gaps between approval and disapproval were not even close to the poll's 3.9% margin of error. Barely a third of veterans considered any of these conflicts worthwhile. Ladies and gentlemen, barely a third of veterans... The people that you hope to support in supporting these conflicts for so often, uh, that we have so often and for so long, want them. During the uh, 07, I met a lot of uh, veterans, a lot of them were still uh, on, you know, like active that through the Ron Paul campaigns, I was very active with a lot of Ron Paulers in Western Mass. And I went to meetings, a couple meetings a week sometimes on these Ron Paul campaigns. And... I would probably say nearly half of those folks were actually f- current military or former military, and a lot of the current guys were like, yeah, basically what's going on in these Afghanistan and Iraq is nonsense. They're, the, their enemy is not there. We're just harassing people or we're wasting money is, is what these guys would tell me. So here's a quote from the Pew's uh, article. The, the, so there's the New Republic's article. This is a quote within the article. Among veterans, 64% say the war in Iraq was not worth fighting, um, worth fighting considering the costs versus the benefits to the United States, while 33% say that it is. The general public's view are nearly identical. 62% of Americans overall say the Iraq war wasn't worth it, and 32% say it was. Similarly, majorities of both veterans, 58 and uh, the public, 59, percent say the war in afghanistan was not worth fighting about four in ten or fewer say it was worth fighting and veterans who served in either iraq or afghanistan are no more supportive of these engagements than those who did not serve in these wars and views did not differ based on rank or combat experience so if this doesn't lay it all out i don't know what does now i will admit when uh the iraq war the, the Afghanistan war sort of started, uh, you know, the idea was to go in and hunt down Osama bin Laden. I don't know if I was really on board, but I kind of saw the point. I believe I was tricked in that one. I think Bush could have negotiated with the Taliban. Like there wasn't much negotiation going, that went on. It was basically like, you give us what we want. And the Taliban's like, you got any proof we, he did whatever he did? And the United States is like, we don't need proof. We're the United States. Get out of it. You either let give us what we want or we're going to blow you up. I'm like, we don't have what you want. He's out in the way there. I, I just believe that whatever mainstream media is saying, pretty much my entire life is an absolute lie. You know, this, the, I don't even believe they found Osama bin Laden. I don't believe they dumped his body in the ocean. I, you know, this whole seal. They sure made six. it. Le- un, um, oh, sure, they stayed difficult it. to believe. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I don't know whether it happened or not. They made it difficult to believe. Now I just here's every opportunity 
to display this body for people to see or whatever. I mean, here's this big prize, but instead you dump it off in the water, and then everybody, all the talking heads say, oh, yes, we support this. Dump it in the water like somebody could just go get it if you dumped it in the water. Well, I'm sure know. they dumped it deep enough. Or yeah, made it sink. But I, I'm, I bet the Navy's pretty good at burials at sea at this yeah, point. Yeah, they probably have battleships around it so nobody could come over there. I, it, I believe it was all nonsense. And when it comes to media, it's, it's kind of like reading statutes. Uh, you got to really pay attention to what's not being said rather than what's being said. Because uh, they just, they all have an agenda and they're all just spoon-fed what to say by someone i don't know who now there is a variation in certain types of vets and i'm going to tell you about that here in a moment 800 excuse me 855 4, uh, 450 free that's 855-450-3733 that's how you call in here on free talk live free talk live Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're talking about this article from the New Republic that's uh, addressing what veterans actually think about the conflicts that they've been through, the recent past sort of conflicts, because, well, you know, I think the, the veterans' opinions on things like Vietnam are pretty much settled. You know, um, I have The thing is, is that, like, a lot of the... Declassified stuff that came out about Vietnam and Korean War, like the Gulf of Tonkin. And we didn't have the information superhighway back in the 70s that we have today. So now we're finding out pretty much real time what's really going on because, you know, guys can literally email people from overseas or maybe shoot photos back or something. Uh, or, and you got just reporters on the ground everywhere, you know, even the, the folks whose, you know, towns and villages are being occupied. I mean, you know, like the Bradley Manning stuff that never would have those videos never would have gotten distributed from during Korean War or, or Vietnam War. The playbook appears to be, well, yeah, that war was bad, but this one is righteous um, over and over again. That seems to be the position that is taken. I think that Americans are becoming tired of that position. Now, I don't know if they'll remain tired of it. Hopefully, communication continues to get better and, and, and the fact that the wars are so condensed because literally you know since what um what was uh 1980 uh, something was when desert storm started like 87 ish no nah, i think it was before that but all right was it before maybe there 85? was the first gulf war um that, that was, was the, desert yeah, storm right persian gulf conflict and something yeah, some stuff so and then it's been and that that's really never stopped. I mean, ever since, you know, as far as I can tell, I was a little kid. I remember I was in second or first grade or third grade or something when they were talking about price of fuel getting expensive, heat and oil. There was people who were having a hard time buying heat and oil for their houses, I remember. And I can remember my dad, who was always trucking, was really whining about, you know, fuel the cost of fuel, 40, yeah. 50 percent. And the uh, so the perpetual. The perpetual war, the first I learned about war and just in my lifetime, and I, and I just turned 40, uh, has been ongoing. It's been one conflict right after another that I can remember my entire life of just that I can remember. So here we have uh, the, mean, the, the, the only meaningful variations that pollsters found among vets. So vets all agree, like it's basically two-thirds of vets 
um, whether you know whatever, basically say Afghanistan, yeah, Iraq. Vets that they polled because they yeah. never pulled them all, but yeah, certainly the the polled vets uh, find that Afghanistan, Iraq, all these places that there was no point. There was a waste of time going into these wars. Two thirds, more or less. Um, now there was a difference, though, based on party identification. Republican identifying veterans were likelier to approve of the wars, but even a majority of those GOP vets now say that the wars were not worth waging. So you uh, can't unsee what you see when you're in active duty and you see all the waste and everything going on. I mean, even guys who stay stay stateside just based on the resources and what's going on and what they're hearing from the other guys start to get a negative opinion of it. Right. There's simply no mainstream block among politicians of any party that seems interested in heeding the majority opinion. On a rare bout of consistency between 2011 and 2017, private citizen Trump beat a loud drum for withdrawal from Afghanistan after President Barack Obama, who had campaigned on ending the Iraq war, approved an Afghanistan troop troop surge. So, you know, maybe Trump's decision was based on Obama, whom he did not seem to be a very big fan of. Um, Anyway, and laid the groundwork for the U.S. involvement in Syria against ISIS. But unlike Obama, Trump, as president, has ended up deepening the U.S. commitments in Afghanistan as well as adding troops in Syria. Democratic Congressman woman Tulsi Gabbard, an Iraq veteran, earned plaudits from doves. I guess that's what I am. And isolationists. There certainly are isolationists, and they probably would um, uh, applaud her for pushing an anti-war line in the last month's Democratic presidential debates and ended up as the debate's most searched candidate on Google. So mainstream media That's finds cool. out that Tulsi Gabbard is the most searched person on Google, and what do they do? They put out hit pieces on her. Right, because they can't ignore her anymore like they did with Ron Paul. So here's, I don't think that the mainstream media has a horse in the race, uh, Jay, but I will say this. The people that own the mainstream media, and I don't mean just own it, but, you know, the, the advertisers and the ones that really make the difference. The handlers of mainstream media. So um, one thing, just to make a point, make this point a little finer, is that basically if you want your movie to have, uh, you know, tanks or something in it, you have to do what the United States military wants in the movie. Top Gun, I mean, wonder how many people signed up for to be a Navy pilot because of Top Gun. Oh, yeah. That, w- <laughs> that one lot. worked. That, when I was a young kid, I remember that movie came out. Uh, I was like in elementary school or something, and like a lot of my buddies wanted to be a Top Gun pilot. Sure, and um, you know, there's a new one coming out, by the way. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is coming out, uh, I think next year. So that should be interesting. I'd like, I like Tom Cruise. Think he's a great actor. I like to see jets in movies as much as anybody. I'm interested in this. What we've also found out, Free Talk Live has found out and read the articles here on the air, uh, is that movies that don't even have tanks and, and airplanes and stuff in it, for some reason, they're going to get approval from the United States military for things. Well, they also so- get funding. There are some movies that I have, wa- I have seen at the credits that'll say like, you know, uh, funding Department of Georgia something, funding U.S. Depart- Department of Defense, mm-hmm. you know, to have some little military emblem or something on it. And, uh, you know, for some and, – and consider this. If you want – if you're a big executive at a movie company, well, you basically can't have an anti-war movie because – then your other movies won't get the funding. So there's this whole big mess. So I don't know why Tulsi Gabbard is getting all these hit pieces written about her, but I think it's interesting. And I think that everybody should pay just a little more attention to her as a result. I'm not 
I'm not claiming that Tulsi Gabbard's a libertarian. Tulsi Gabbard is not a libertarian, but it's interesting to see what happens when a candidate takes a somewhat a marginal anti-war position, what happens to them. It looks like there's a lot of Tulsi support here in New Hampshire. Yesterday morning in Concord, I was out there early in the morning, and one of the big intersections had four or five people on each corner wearing uh, waving Tulsi signs. And then for weeks now, I've been seeing Tulsi signs popping up everywhere in people's yards. And... Like so, here's one of my here's my thought on Tulsi Gabbard, ladies and gentlemen. There will be a Democratic nominee for President of the United States of America sometime in the near future. Yep, it's going to happen in 2020, which is just around the corner. And I don't care whether you're happy about it or unhappy about it. I don't care if you intend to vote or don't intend to vote. I don't care any about any of that. What I'm saying is, is it's going to happen. There will be one, and that person is very, very likely to be what you identify as a socialist. Because that's what one of the complaints that the libertarians will say about Tulsi Gabbard. They're pretty much all socialists, though. She's a socialist. Well, duh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> take a look at Sanders, Warren, uh, you know, you, you take a look. Buck, Booker, uh, right. I mean, these are different flavors of socialists, different varying shades of pink as far as i'm concerned you know um you know sanders he's basically bright red uh biden he's 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 a chartreuse i'm sorry he's a he's a he's a mauve uh whatever there's just different shades of commie i'm hoping it's joe biden because i really want to just be able to troll him with vermin supreme i mean if he comes over and starts petting a mane on my pony (laughs) we're i'm gonna let him do it maybe encourage him to do it so vermin supreme can start you know Basically cursing him out for, you know, touching our 10-year-old pony on the main like oh, that. that's hilarious. Creepy Joe stuff. So, uh, like, uh, it, would I like to see Tulsi Gabbard win the Democratic nomination for president? Yes. Yes, I would. I would like to see an anti-war candidate on the general ballot. And would I vote for? I don't know. I don't care. Well, here's the way I, I know was... that the reality is, is that we're going to have a president is going to be elected or re-elected. On November the whatever, uh, the first week of November, the first the Tuesday of the first first Tuesday of November, there is going to be somebody elected president of the United States. You can bury your ha- head in the sand. You can talk about how voting is violence or whatever the hell you want to talk about, whatever nonsense you want to want to dribble. But there's going to be one, and whatever support you choose to give today, because the candidates that make that stay in the race, the candidate that wins the Democratic nomination is the one that stays in the race. And the one that stays in the race is the one that's funded at this point. It, votes don't matter. Money matters. If we get an actual anti-war socialist, socialistic president in there, now Bernie Sanders is not anti-war. He supported war consistently. He supported the F-35 to the tune of like a trillion dollars. He supports war consistently, supports sanctions. But that is one of the things I feel the president probably can actually do if they if they're not worried about much blowback and if they're really truly anti-war they can shut the war machine off but a socialist president is not going to be able to drive this country into socialism which is going to be too much with the legislator and, and just the right the president general. is is the commander-in-chief but he is not chief lawmaker but he, they can shut the war off 855-450-3733 it's 855-450 free as in free talk live Hey everyone, this is Charlie Shrem. You've seen me on the Netflix documentary, Banking on Bitcoin, and the new best-selling book, Bitcoin Billionaires. I want to invite you to join me on my new show, 
untold stories for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today, and you'll hear from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join me and my guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators as we explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Listen now on untoldstories.com. That's untoldstories.com. Free Talk Live. You can call in and you can talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the airwaves. We just finished talking about veterans' opinions on uh, the conflicts that have gone on and on for the last 20 years. And certainly, your thoughts are welcome. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. That's one thing that Free Talk Live does differently than other radio programs is if you have an opinion on something we talked about last hour, last week, or last year, or anything. Or just got your own opinion. Or just have your own opinion. You're welcome to call in on it um, and, you know, do it that way because, you know, it's free talk live. Let's go to the phones, though. We've got Tom and Hudson. That's Hudson, New Hampshire, calling in. Tom, you're on free talk live. And it's about the presidential primaries. And I'm uh, thinking that the best uh, advice for the Democrats, the one thing they need to do, if they hate Trump, then they should switch to independent or, I mean, should undeclared no party affiliation uh, now, while they still can, because there's going to be a deadline coming up, switch to no party affiliation or to Republican, so that in the Republican presidential primary, then they can vote for William Weld. Uh, because most Republicans, at first, they started trying to distance themselves from uh, from Donald Trump because he's a crazy madman and a bigot and a racist and, and everything else. But then they saw how many sickos there are out there who support his message, and so they stayed, you know, party loyalty preempts principle for most of them. But William Weld was, meanwhile, running as the libertarian candidate for vice president. So he wasn't uh, doing that. And so if they defeat Trump in the primary, then they got him. They don't have to defeat him in the general election, and they don't have to worry about who's going to win the Democratic nomination because it's guaranteed that one of the Democrats is going to win the Democratic nomination and is going to pick another Democrat Tom, running mate. I am... Um... As I'm supportive as of minor parties as anyone out there, but even I can't look at the William Weld campaign and think that it has much of a chance of doing anything. I mean, you know, I, I, it's it seems like if you give money to this campaign, you're just throwing it down a hole, aren't you? Uh, do all that's if you give money to it, but if you vote, see, which is worse. Uh, wasting your vote on somebody who winds up not winning the nomination. See, if you vote 
if they switch to Republican and vote for him, then that's trying to stop Donald Trump. That's all they're trying to do is stop Donald Trump. So I, they can vote. I, I can't see, see any of the uh, Americans who receive farm subsidies, you know, giving a crap about William Weld at all. But I could tell you they're really pro-Trump. You know, I worked with a lot of those guys. Yeah, there's years. fewer and fewer people getting farm subsidies these days because there's fewer and fewer farmers, though. Well, they employ a lot. They got a lot of employees and a lot of those biz- businesses. They? Well, you know, some these farms, I mean, <laughs> when you're farming three, 4,000 yep. acres, it takes a lot of manpower. And all these little rural American towns, which are obviously because of the college uh, or what are the, the electorate, they're electoral college. What? It, it's got it just takes- as much power as the people in the cities. I thought you said it takes a lot of manpower. Yes. Well, that's politically incorrect. You can, uh, women can work on farms. How dare you say something politically incorrect? Goodbye now. <laughs> well, uh, a woman is a man with a womb. Uh, you know, the word person is what I don't like to say because a person means corporation, trust, or legal entity. You know, uh, Men and women are not always persons, but some of them do impersonate persons. <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what uh, necessarily I think about uh, Tom's idea, but, you know, there you go. That's his idea, and that's what Free Talk Live is, a place for you to share ideas. So, going from that to this article, um, it's about the marshmallow test. And this is from GetPocket.com. Why rich kids are so good at the marshmallow test. Uh, Jay, let me tell you about the marshmallow test here real quick. Tell me about it. Yeah, so I don't know that I've... Uh, I like marshmallows. I've, I've seen this on TV. Basically, the idea is, is you take a kid, you put a little bowl of uh, candy or marshmallows in front of them. So marshmallows is what they started with. And said, you can have one marshmallow now. Or if you can wait 15 minutes, then you can have two. And more, you know, more or less what the idea was is to see how they do with delayed gratification. I wonder how many kids just grab a handful and just eat them. Right. They're right there. Why not have all of them for it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's there's precedence to this. Like you go into the bank or you go into somebody's office and there's candy Mm -hmm. in a jar. The expectation is, is that you will take a piece. Maybe if you finish your piece that you might have another but the it's not really considered. It wouldn't be considerate if you took the bowl, dumped it into your bag, and then put the bowl back out, right? So, like, um, even though, well, I it's, know it's free, right? I grew up with kids that absolutely would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this says the marshmallow test is one of the most famous pieces of social science research. Put a marshmallow in front of a child. Tell her, I guess, that she can have a second one if she can go 15 minutes without eating the first one and then uh, leave the room. Whether the she's patient enough to double her payment is supposed to be indicative of a willpower that will pay dividends down the line. At school and eventually at work, passing the test is to many a promising signal of future success. And that's... Well, how I heard it, and it made perfectly good sense to me when I heard about the marshmallow test. But there's a new study that has uh, cast a whole new concept, the whole concept into doubt. And we'll go on with that. But first, I want to go to the phones. We've got Jay calling in from California. Jay, you're on Free Talk Live. You're the dumb kid in class who thinks he's smart. There we go. That is not Jay. (laughs) That is a man who has been banned from the airwaves. So whatever. 
Uh, let's see. The new study has cast the whole concept into doubt. The researchers uh, at NYU's Tyler Watson, UC Irvine's Greg Duncan, and Hoanen Kwan uh, restaged the classic marshmallow test, which was developed by the Stanford psychologist Walter Mitchell in the 1960s. Mitchell and his colleagues administered the test and then tracked down uh, tracked how children went into uh, to fare on in life later. They described the results in a 1990 study, which suggested the delay gratification had huge benefits, including such measures as standardized test scores. Watts and his colleagues were skeptical of that finding. The original results were based on studies that included fewer than 90 children. Same thing seems like you should have more than that. All enrolled in a preschool at Stanford on Stanford's campus in restaging the experiment. Watts and his colleagues thus adjusted the experimental design in important ways. The researchers used a sample that was much larger, more than 900 children, and also more representative of the general populations in terms of race, ethnicity, and parents' education. The researchers also, uh, when analyzing the test results, controlled for certain factors, such as the income of the child's household, and that might explain a child's ability to delay gratification and their long-term success. And this is kind of interesting. So would we sort of culturally, if you split things along democratic graphic lines, I don't like to split anything by groups personally. I mean, the the preschool at Stanford, uh, not anybody can just drop their kid off and go to work, right? That's probably for moms who are studying at Stanford, I would understand. I I don't know. But I would you certainly any geographic area is probably not going to be controlled for income and not going to be controlled for race and not going to be controlled for all these things so another thing too is preschool is expensive yeah if you're living on welfare and just hanging out at home you're not getting a preschool voucher because you're not working you get to take care you take care of your own kids or you know just keep on changing the channel for them or refreshing the youtube (laughs) you know that's the way most of them do it today that's the truth so ultimately the new studies uh finds limited support for the idea that being able to delay gratification leads to better outcomes Instead, it suggests that the capacity to hold out for a second marshmallow is shaped in a large part by a child's social and economic background. And in turn, that background, not the ability to delay gratification, is what's behind a kid's long-term success. So I kind of, I mean, you know, this, remember, I've grown up in a world where the marshmallow test was considered science. So I've got a bias. That bias is I believe that delayed gratification works. I believe that if you can take, um, you know, with a, with a little bit of information and delayed gratification, that you can do pretty well in life. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You're welcome to call in and talk about whatever's on your mind, or you can wait to the last half hour, like everybody does. I don't know why people every do that. Day. <laughs> I don't either. Then they get mad to get cut off. (laughs) Right. How come I don't get enough time? Well, because you wait till the last half hour. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, the number 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. We're talking about the marshmallow test. If you don't know what it is, I'll explain it to you here in a second. But uh, you can also use call in by using the Discord lines. If you go to discord.freetalklive.com discord.freetalklive.com you will be able to download an app and that app will allow you to call in on your cell phone and sound significantly better 
You'll just sound a lot better. You'll also be able to participate in the chat room with all the wonderful folks that are in the chat right now. All our good trolls that are in there. Oh, by the way, they're asking about why where Angie is. Angie has had an illness in the family, and she is unable to come right now. But she will be. You know, there's uh, she'll she'll be back. Right. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, she will be back in two weeks because. She has something else planned for next week. Yeah, I don't know what the specifics are. I'm going to try to bring in a special guest that day, but I haven't uh, got a confirmation confirmation yet. We'll see how that goes. I want to tell you about LibertyStickers.com. If you want to reach people with the ideas of liberty, you can do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. You can reach thousands of people with a bumper sticker. Just think if you drive a lot, you'll certainly reach even more. And you know that people love to read them. You can check out the vast selection of witty, poignant, pithy, and downright bombastic liberty-oriented messages over at libertystickers.com. They are, they are great, great stickers. They I are just great. went on their website, make Orwellian fiction again. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, libertystickers.com. Going on with this article from getpocket.com regarding the marshmallow test, which is basically a kid being put in front of uh, a marshmallow and said, you can have one marshmallow now, or you can eat this marshmallow, or you can wait 15 minutes and get a second marshmallow. And the idea is to see which kids have delayed gratification, which ones don't. What the claim is, is that now that we're doing the science again, they're controlling for things like uh, race and um, income and, and background and all just kind of stuff. And that maybe it means different things like rich people are better at teaching their kids about delayed gratification and rich people are better at their kids doing well, their kids do tend to do better. So maybe it's just that. And I don't know, but I can tell you that I certainly have a bias towards uh, delayed gratification, but I, you know, just listening to a podcast today that was talking about the benefits, uh, the the cost of uh, the real cost of a car. And the suggestion was over the course of 45 years, two different things were done. Uh, One was, um, you just made an experiment, right? One, you spend $300 a month every month on a car. And I'd say that's pretty conservative as to what America tends to spend on a car. Would you, Jay? This well, is just like car payment, by the way. I mean, you can actually go lease a, a small car. Uh, I know somebody's leasing right now like a brand new car for like $99 a month. It's a, one I, of the- But I'll bet you that they their mileage is really low and they're liable to have to pay extra when they uh, bring it back. Yeah, I think they're allowed like... 7,500 miles a year or something. Yeah, it was definitely like they, they drive, you know, the other significant other's car when they're going to go somewhere far away. Yep. But they just, that, the one particular guy likes to have a shiny car. Yep. And the, you know, they're, they're, you can find those things, but put, put in, there's a lot of people that spend more than $300 a month oh, on yeah. car payment. So if you just take, take straight $300 a month um, for 45 years, you know, then we know what that costs, right? We, we we live that way. The second option was to buy a new car every uh, 15 years and then pay it off over the course of five years and then take that remainder of that payment, that $300, and throw it into a, uh, you know, it was a money market uh, thing matching the, van- it was a Vanguard matching fund for the S&P at 8% was the claim. So just increased it at 8%. And they said that at the end of that time period, when you retire or whatever, you'd have three quarters of a million dollars. This was just the car cost. This isn't talking about saving any money otherwise. There's very few Americanized people that will drive the same car for 15 years. Right. 
I can't say I'm good at that. I like to have a, a new, different car all the time. Um, I'm a, I just like it. I want every two years, I want a new car. Now, that doesn't mean I get one. Yeah, I'm the total opposite. <laughs> See, I, my- I really hate payments. Yes. And uh, I like buying something that every car I've owned, I have bought a couple brand new ones when I was in the hay business and really needing to have a new, reliable truck, and I realized... After I did that a few times, that was a waste of money for what I do because I could buy a truck that was just reliable, a few years old for half the money. Uh, but now that like I I got a couple of pickup trucks and they're basically trucks that people hated and I got them from you know a very very minimal amount and they've been good to me. Yeah, if you can, but I can fix them. Right, if you can keep your costs down on a car you certainly um, you know this is it, it required two things for this sort of system to work. One was keeping your cost down on a vehicle. I've always been pretty good at that. I the, the the most expensive car that's ever been mine is the one I currently have. It's a Honda Civic. And I got it in 2018 at a 2016 uh it was a 2016 and I bought it in 2018 and it's a know, demo car, right? Yeah, it was already yep. really ch- it was already cheap. So, you know, that was a big, huge splurge for me. And you're talking about $20,000 for a car. This is sort of normal for many people, you know, like getting out of high school. They're taking on this kind of debt. I didn't do that until I was 47. Oh, I have some buddies that, yeah, they've literally financed cars right out of high school. And then, you know, a couple of years later, you, the, the, the hey, can I park my car up at your farm? Because the repo guy's looking for it, you know? <laughs> Great. I mean, I got that call a lot. So anyway, uh, the marshmallow test isn't the only experimental study that has uh, recently failed to hold up under closer scrutiny. Some scholars and journalists have gone so far as to suggest that psychology is in the midst of a replication crisis in the case of this new study. Specifically, the failure to confirm old assumptions pointed to an important truth that circumstances matter more than shaping children's lives than Michael and his colleagues seem to appreciate. This is Mitchell, excuse me, uh, Mitchell and his colleagues seem to appreciate. This is the scientist they're referring to in the six, from the 60s. This new paper found that among kids uh, whose mothers had a college degree, those who waited for a second marshmallow did no better in the long run in terms of standardized test scores and mothers' reports of their children's behavior than those who dug right in. So let's get that right. Standardized test reports. I I have no faith in that. I mean, does but, any real world like is? I mean, a standardized test report is just so some you know company can just charge a school district a ridiculous amount of money, uh, you know, like just MCAS and all that stuff, and just you know, and then give back to the political, you know, and, and donate a lot to the teachers union or something i mean yeah i don't know what um you know maybe delayed gratification if you're talking about an eight-year-old or something right and uh, delayed gratification maybe that'll in is indicative of something maybe it's not because i know a lot of kids i've known kids that were good savers when they were kids and they've grown up to be bad savers and i also know brothers siblings in the same family who i am almost positive i'd love to try this with a couple of them uh, that one sibling would definitely take the marshmallow, and the other sibling would just chill out. Mm-hmm. The other sibling might say, hey, if I wait a half an hour, can I have four? Yeah, right. I mean, that's what I'm thinking I'm going to hear from one of them. Indeed. The number, 855-450-FREE. Did you believe this? Does it matter to you? What are your thoughts? 855-450-FREE, as in freedom, here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. 
Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com it's free talk live you can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind it's mark with you and jay and jay here on free talk live if it's between 7 p.m and 10 p.m eastern time we're on the air and you can call in that's what we do here on free talk live Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. Do you want the newest and freshest stories and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty? Freedomsphoenix.com has it. Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. Freedoms with an S, Phoenix.com. It's Freedoms phoenix.com i get their daily dispatch i actually get it uh twice a day and i'm very happy i do it's uh it's it's the foundation of my show prep for this show freedoms phoenix yeah I, I looked at it actually uh yesterday for a little while i was sitting in a waiting room and uh you know about one third of the like every third article on was something about epstein something about epstein Epstein's going to be in an interesting, interesting situation. Pretty in- interesting that uh, Trump, several years ago, had actually banned him from all of his properties. Really? Uh, and uh, I had read a little blur about that. I can't remember if it was 2014 or 2009, but uh, those were, for some reason, the dates that are in my head. But yeah, he banned him, and Trump's like, you know, never liked the guy. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then he says he's a great guy. And, and, well, that, that was that's the only quote they have. They're trying to find find a way to, you know, the mainstream media that hates Trump wants to find, you know, a video of, you know, Epstein and Trump and a couple little girls. That's what they're looking for. Sure. Or something that they can, you know, push towards that. But yet. While um, hiding all the Bill Clinton ones. Well, well, and Bill Clinton's been on that, been on that plane 26 or 27 or 28 times is the reports I've heard. And now they're subpoenaing it. If you listen to the LRN feed, you'll hear on the, um, on, in the commercials, the the guys I forget who they are down in Texas that do some of the um, things on the LRN like a, the report uh, they're talking about that the uh, pilots are all going to be subpoenaed all Epstein's pilots because uh, it's like the, they the would record, likely know the records say Bill Clinton and two unknown women yeah uh, this guy and three unknown women right uh, and but those pilots I guess are somehow like you know. Res- Responsible, responsible. For it's like an FCC regular FFA or whatever regulation F-A-A. that they need to write down who's on board. You know, they, like that manifest is very important. I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, the plane goes down and, you know, you want to you know, know who's there. You got to notify people. Yeah, well, that's and interesting. There's a lot of unidentified young women. And then they're uh, so these guys are also brought forward. And there's been a whole bunch of cases, uh, civil cases against Epstein where these pilots were brought in as witnesses in civil cases that were either settled out of court. I don't know if any were, there was any actual judgments against him, but he's paid out $30 million or something. It's crazy numbers with this stuff. Yeah, I'm very curious as to how 
the you know he got brought up because he's got so many powerful people that really don't want him to uh, be arrested and power makes a difference i got so a trump, what happened i got a trumpster friend that was telling me the other day and he's probably listening that yep trump that's is why trump became president because he realized that jeffrey epstein was a creep and oh another thing i had read on one of the uh freedoms phoenix dispatches is that uh, there was an article how Trump was provided actual support back when a few years ago when he you know six seven years ago he was uh, had a plea bargain with the feds down there in Miami and went to a you know a cushy prison for one night a week or something Epstein Epstein uh, and Trump actually provided um, support for the prosecution actually literally gave him one of a couple of his own attorneys to help investigate and helped with investigation and because Trump was really upset about some conduct with Epstein and one of his employees mm. in one of his casinos or hotels or something and banned him and so my my Trumpster buddy uh was all like oh well Trump needed to wait till he become president till he could do something about this and he had to gather evidence oh. and he had to build a cabinet So Epstein and, has been brought up on charges because of Trump interesting well because Trump wanted the wants to put pedophiles away and nobody else would do it according well, to a, a a trump worshiper <laughs> we'll see you know. i don't know i think it's all very interesting but i want to finish this article from getpocket.com that's on the marshmallow test uh talking about sort of the tests that have been done that we all sort of grew up with believing that say for instance if a kid can delay eating a marshmallow for 15 minutes in order to get two marshmallows that that kid is more likely to be a success than not so what do you do with that kid versus the kid that just eats the marshmallow i well i don't <laughs> say you do anything with them but uh the, the 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 paper here recently the new paper says that uh among kids whose mothers had a college degree so the kids the mothers had a college degree those who waited for a second marshmallow did know better in the long run than those uh, um in terms of standardized tests at school and the mother's reports of the child's behavior so this isn't taking a long look at the kids where there's the 1990 report took a longer view and maybe that's the case i don't know similarly among kids whose mothers did not have college degrees those who waited did know better than those who gave into temptation once other factors like household income and the child's home environment at age three evaluated according to a standard research measure that um, notes for instance the number of books that researchers observed in the home and how responsive mothers were to their children in the researchers presence were taken into account for those kids, self-control alone couldn't overcome economic and social disadvantages. The failed replication of the marshmallow test does more than just debunk the earlier notion. It suggests that other possible explanations for why poor kids would be less motivated to wait for that second marshmallow. For them, daily life holds fewer guarantees. There might be food in the pantry today. Oh, I hate this stuff. We're in America. Are people starving? I suppose that Yes, there are kids that don't have control over their acquisition of food and whether they call this food insecurity or something like that. But, you know, this adults that can't get food. uh, Amazing to me. Now, I I mean, they pass out food stamps like, you know, you just go ask for them and just give them to you. You don't even have to really provide any reason or whatever. They'll give you emergency food stamps. And also there's so much cheap government subsidized food to people that are really starving and the ones who are starving for actual nutrition and okay. minerals, you know, obese people who are getting all these empty calories. 
But I was in Walmart uh, the other day, and I saw this thing. I'm trying to find it on my phone here. And it's there is a uh, product sh- uh, shortage due to limited availability. We're experiencing product shortage across this category. And this was canned foods aisle, and it was kind of bare. I mean, it wasn't totally bare, but it was, like, kind of bare. And I had, uh, you know, I've been hearing some stuff about this, and I just happened to be in Walmart and saw it. So I guess there's been some crop failures. We might actually see something like that. But are people actually starving? I don't think so. I I mean, even the homeless dudes that I see in Manchester, you know, they don't look mountain. They're not svelte. No. Yeah. So there's, let's see, the claim is there might be food in the pantry today, but there might not be tomorrow. So there is a risk that comes with waiting. Even if their parents promise to buy more of a certain food, sometimes that promise gets broken out of financial necessity. I'll go for that, right? Like, sorry, there aren't going to be any more Fruity Bam Bams this week or whatever. Well, and in my family, one thing is my mom would buy some Lucky Charms once in a while. And, you know, we knew the next day that there was only one bowl left in there. So usually who got to it first, you know, yeah. there was four kids, yeah, four boys, you know. Tore so. into it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, for kids who come from households headed by parents who are better educated. And by the way, that's an interesting point is poor people are more likely to have more kids. So therefore, there's, you know, less guarantee that the food that they want in a household with more kids is even going to be there. Uh, so meanwhile, for kids who come from households headed by parents who are better educated and earn more money, likely fewer kids in the house, it's typically easier to lay gratification. Experience tends to tell them that adults that have uh, resources and financial stability to keep the pantry well stocked. And this is true. My son, you know, whatever his uh, if he manages to get some candy somehow, uh, like he saves up his money and he buys himself a bag of candy. We're not going to eat it, or at least not much of it. So it's going to be there because there's only one kid. And uh, even if uh, these children don't delay gratification, they can trust that things will all work out in the end. Even if they don't get the second marshmallow, they can probably count on their parents to take them for ice cream instead. So there you go. 855-450-3733. What do you think about the marshmallow test? What do you think about the new marshmallow test and its results? Because I don't even know what to think here. Be interesting to see what the Amish kids did with this. Because I used to pay them in candy. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Jay. Want to tell you about the AMP program? You can be like Roscoe S. is, and you can be an amplifier. You go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's A-M-P. AMP is an advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. And you can give us $5 a month. And what do you get? The satisfaction of knowing that you're helping support the, uh, well, one of the most cost-effective ways to spread the ideas of liberty around the world, a, an organization that allows free speech on its airwaves, and that's pretty special. But you'll also get a few perks. We, we make it try to make it easier for amplifiers. Uh, there's, a, there's a Facebook group and a few other things where you can chit-chat with, uh, well, me and the other amplifiers. Is there uh, an amp call-in line also? There is an amp call-in line. Uh, it doesn't get used much, and I wouldn't be able to tell you the number anyway. But uh, yes, well, I, I wouldn't have to tell you the number because we don't give it out. It's only given to amplifiers. So right. you can get get more information at amp.freetalklive.com. Sign th- up, and you'll get the call-in line. I think that's a great benefit, the amp uh, call-in line. Well, um, 
I, I hope I see it flashing, but right now it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not flashing at this moment. Speaking of, uh, of folks calling in, let's go to Dave calling in from Colorado. Normally Dave in New Hampshire, but now Dave in Colorado. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, it's like a bit of way, away from New Hampshire for about a week and a half, and uh, it's like, uh, it's like the, the, the little people struggle against the government has, has heated up uh, as soon as I left. So maybe I should leave more often. But uh, how, how long are you going to be there for, Dave? Oh, I, I'm not sure yet. My my folks have requested my presence because my mother is in ill health. Mm. Oh, so sorry to hear that. It's a little bit. It's a little bit dependent on her status. Yeah. And it's, are you somewhere around Denver? Nope, Colorado Springs. Okay. Well, you're not too far from Denver. I, there's a great network of uh, libertarians and anarchists in Denver. It's uh. If you Google We Are Change Colorado, we are change Colorado.org, uh, you could find these guys. They meet they meet up on Mondays. There's a Liberty on the Rocks. Actually, there's Liberty on the Rocks in um Colorado Springs also, Boulder and Denver. They're pretty pretty good place Liberty you'll uh, oh, okay. check yeah, check, check that, that stuff out. I'll look that up. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting during the Ron Paul thing, there was a really it seemed like there was a really active uh, Colorado Springs Liberty community to hook up with. Now it's hard to find any of them. So I don't know, but uh, anyway. Um, so what's yeah, on your mind, Dave? Going on, the thing that was going on in New Hampshire that I wanted to talk about was the. I guess uh, this is one of the craziest things I've heard yet. Richmond, New Hampshire, according to the union leader, uh, there's this guy named Alex Ledev. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. And he just, I guess, he recently moved there, and he's like a military truck collector. So All right. He has a collection of military. I love trucks, those. Right? Who doesn't love so, that, some, right? Everybody yeah, loves to right. see an old military truck. They are pretty interesting. No, no not everybody. Not the town of Richmond, New Hampshire. Which All right. Gave him grief. Now, you can't have those trucks. They're junky looking. you got to do this or that. So so he tries to think, okay, so what, what I'll do is I'll try and sell some of the parts and, and reduce the amount of junk that's on the property, okay? Now, the, oh, you, as soon as you started doing that, they said, oh, well, now you're operating a business. You can't do that. And <laughs> they took him to court. Uh, and additionally, they 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 also punished him for not be, he, he applied for a, a permit so he could build a, a garage to cover the vehicles so he uh-huh. didn't look junky. And they stopped him from doing that, too. He, apparently, according to the union leader, they wouldn't let him have the permit to build a garage to do what they were asking him to do. Sounds like a lot of fun there in Richmond. Yeah. Sounds like I need to become friends with this guy and t- chat with him a little bit at Sounds like this guy might be motivated to, um, you know, get involved, maybe run for town council or town selectman there and, you, you know, and uh, try to change some things. Maybe not. But, you know, these town bureaucrats, I mean, you got to stand up to them. These people got to stop rolling over, stop just, you know, doing what do what they're told and start demanding via public records request, uh, you know, how these guys have the authority to essentially rule your life. Yeah, and make yeah, some and noise about two other it. bad things. Two other bad things here. He can't even he can't even go to his own court to, to deal with this. He has to go out of town, like out of county, because apparently there's some kind of conflict of interest at the Cheshire Court, the local the local county court. Okay. And then, I guess the other thing is I, he did even I can't. This guy is he's like a ninja in terms of how much he's trying to do to be a you know helpful and a good neighbor and do what the government wants him to. Uh, and he, he, I guess he took some of the trucks and parked them at a neighbor's house so that they wouldn't be a problem. The neighbor got in trouble. So, I mean, I, how, how on earth, I mean, at least 
according to the union leader, all these things happen. Yeah, I'm really um, surprised. I mean, I don't think of Richmond as a place that has a lot of rules as far as what you can do and what you can't. Uh, I lived outside of Keene, and the town I lived in wouldn't have had any rules at all that they could have gone after me if I decided to have a, a tank and a, a deuce and a half and, and whatever I wanted on my property. There wouldn't have been anything they could have say. Probably what I happened. bought the property with a 59 Buick just rusting on it. Probably what ha- what happened in Richmond, because it's so cl- close to Massachusetts, a bunch of mass holes have come up and masked it up. Yeah, they do mass it up. Well, um, one other thing, I, you know, you may have noticed if you've listened to, to, the, to the show like every night you know, for the last couple weeks, it seems like whenever I call, I've got this really cool union leader report to, to pass on. And it seems like the quality of the reporting, or at least the fact that they're they're raising concerns about little people against the government, it seems like they're doing it a lot lately. And I, I just have to, uh, you know, take my hat off for once I've, to, to a mainstream press outlet. The union, union leader has never been terrible, but it seems like it's getting a little better. Is this a particular uh, author that you've been picking oh, this I up from? Uh, well, I can't remember which. Okay, but this one, this one is from someone I'm not that familiar with, Damien Fisher. But there was another report. There's another reporter that seems seems like I'm seeing more more and more doing this kind of story. But I, I think I I'm not sure. I think it's Kimberly Hoffman or something like that. I can't remember exactly what her name is. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, we, we complain so much about the media not standing up to the government, and it's nice to nice to see something else happening. Well, it is um, that uh, I like. I like to see good things happening but oftentimes it requires a situation where somebody's getting gone after and um you know that seems to be what's happening in this situation i hope this guy can work something out and be able to keep his his hobbies his uh military vehicles but we'll see yeah i think the first thing he needs to do is send a fee schedule to the town of richmond new hampshire letting him know that this that he requires fifty thousand dollars per hour each time the town of richmond gives him an order uh that's what i've done because when men with guns order me to do something i'm not gonna not do what they tell me they might torture or kill me or someone i love or even my dog i don't even have a dog right now but uh they're gonna pay for it when they when they uh order me to do something now i I doubt i'll ever collect anything but i'll certainly be able to put some dings on their bond rating when i uh, do a claim against the town with the uh risk management division for you know Basically uh, violating my rights and, you know, ordering me to do something. And I charge $50,000 an hour to work for government. And if they don't want to pay me that, they need to renegotiate the price or not give me any orders. You know, I've always thought that that kind of line with the government would be more effective if the, the amount charged were a little bit less ludicrous. Like if you were just trying to say, okay, I just want reimbursement for my time. I want $20 an hour. Uh, it's, not, it's not an unreasonable request. If you expect my time filling out this paperwork, I expect that money. I think people would probably support that position a lot well, more strongly than if, the one that you're making. If they don't want to pay the $50,000 per hour, I put right in my fee schedule, please contact me and we'll re- renegotiate the rate, or don't give me any orders. They're, when they order you to do something, there's nothing you can do except for carry out the order or eat a bullet, as far as I'm concerned. So i got to put a price on what it's worth for me to be interrupted from whatever I'm doing for an hour or so. 
even if it's several hours, and I it's got to be fifty thousand dollars. I mean, I'll do it for twenty, thirty, or forty thousand if they want to come back with a counter offer. But, I wish I could get Jay for know. twenty dollars an hour at my house. I've got a lot of things that you could do at twenty dollars an hour, pal. I'm pretty, yeah. I've been just turning down work. I gotta, I gotta get this roof on the house. I got a baby coming. Yeah, you know, I got stuff to do. Congratulations, Dave. Thank thanks you. for the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Know anything about this baby? Uh, no, we just uh, we don't know anything uh, about the um, sex or anything. It's too early yet. Okay, but uh, we got confirmation that it's uh, at a healthy point right now. Okay, so. we got a date. Uh, sometime in February. Okay, that's good. That's at. something to know about the baby. Yep. We got a heartbeat. Yep, got a heartbeat. Yep. Oh, I love those things. Got, got to see it jump around on the monitor a little bit with the uh, with the uh, ultrasound. That, that was uh, a surreal moment for me. I mean, I was like, wow. You know, it's just like. Uh, you know, like I got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. Well, uh, I, I think it's wonderful, and it's it, it'll be a big change of life for you, no doubt. And that'll be very exciting. And I, I must say, I, you know, I, I give you complete dispensation to name the child after me. Well, thank you. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom, here on Free Talk Live. beautiful little puppy. I mean, we walk around the block and neighbors always say, her hair is so beautiful. Healthy and shiny and glossy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Fatty acids, omega-3s and omega-6s are great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. I would really recommend people starting their puppies on Dynavite before they get into what I would call the misery index. Bad skin, bad ears, bad breath. Because if they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning, then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the allergies. Grass, pollen, dust, dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it. And the itching and shedding down the road. Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. Dynavite for life. This is Ed Lukasevic. And Cindy Lukasevic. Inviting you and your pets to Dynavite. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's the final hour and you can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Jay. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom here on Free Talk Live. And, well, that's what we do here. You call in and talk about whatever you want. But until then, I got an interesting story. It's from InsideSources.com, and it's about e-cigarettes. 43 million Americans live in poverty, and the numbers are not diminishing. Certainly, poverty is uh, complicated, and there are economic and social cultural issues at play. But there's more government can do or not do to ease the burden on the working poor. Sarah Green, associate professor of law at Duke University, thinks there is. She argues that too often state and local governments impose laws and regulations that Uh, that cumulatively and too often invisibly hurt the poor people that we ought to be trying to help. From driver's license suspension to eviction laws, these revenue-generating punishments disproportionately criminalize working Americans and perpetuate the spiral of poverty. 
That's the agenda of the system. Keep them down so they have to always struggle. And I think a lot of people see this. They, they look at poor people. They say there's bad decisions being made, and there are, right? Like, you know, um, a lot of times you're, you know, cigarette smoking done by poor people. Um, if it wasn't for taxation and government regulation, uh, I believe uh, poverty would pretty much be to the you know, the folks who have serious mental disabilities, like all the homeless people I pretty much meet, you know, they have a mental disability is, right. is what I've determined. There are people who can't work, especially here in New Hampshire, where there is a help wanted sign everywhere. And there has been for two and a half years since I've been here. I don't know what it's like in other places, but I'm fascinated by this fight for 15 that continues to go on when I see signs on the side of the road advertising $23 an hour for warehouse workers. Yeah, there's a place that just drove by, uh, Bow, New Hampshire, 25 bucks, Route 3A. Uh, apply immediately, it said, and it's building, it's a scaffolding company. And a Burger King, uh, no, McDonald's it was, down in Derry that I, I walked through the door the other day. It was part of a gas station. It's hiring starting $12 an hour. McDonald's. Yeah. I can't um, understand why you know people are going to work at McDonald's when they can go to work at these other places, but maybe it's because of age um, or flexibility of hours or whatever it might be. And it was a bunch of retirees in that McDonald's. I had all the people I like glanced at. They definitely all had you know AARP cards. They were mm-hmm. eligible. So one such new example is the trend towards criminalizing the ownership and use of e-cigarettes and other vaping products. With an uptick in teen vaping, lawmakers across the country have been proposing everything from excise taxes to flavor bans as a means of curbing teen access. Some municipalities are taking even more drastic steps. Both large cities like San Francisco as well as smaller townships like Morristown, New Jersey, have introduced legislation to ban the sale or even the possession of e-cigarettes. The town of Brookline, Massachusetts, passed a provision last week to ban e-cigarettes, yet left traditional cigarettes on the shelves, creating yet another way um, otherwise law-abiding citizens may find themselves in trouble. I'd point out that I just went into a vape store. I don't go. This is the first vape store I've ever been into. I just wanted to see what it was like. What's it? What? What are they? What's it like in one of these places? I haven't but, even been to one yet. <laughs> but this one is in uh, Wapple, New Hampshire, and that means it's right across the state line. And the guy said, "Well, yeah, we just opened. We left Vermont because they imposed a tax that was like, you know, doubled the price of all of our products from, uh, you know, like coils and everything. It wasn't just flavored stuff, but it was everything. And Vermont basically went after." Vape stores, period. And and a coil is a part of a vape that actually gets hot and heats up this yeah. vape juice. Now, two years ago, uh, you know, I was stay, I was living here in Keene, and I was riding up with the uh, Keeneaks to the state house, and just you know sitting in and testifying on bills, and went up there with Daryl Perry one day, and he was doing his Liberty Lobby Lobby thing, and uh, there was a proposed bill to require merchants. If you want to sell e-cigs, you have to have the same exact permit as someone who's selling actual cigarettes. Right. And the, uh, of course, the the state, the um, chief of police lobbyist dude, he was, you know, all for, you know, this. And the, uh, and I was one of the guys got to speak, I put it by name, but the lobbyists all went first. So the lobbyists from... Uh, Oh, Philip Morris, not in the other big company. It wasn't Philip Morris. Uh, I, I don't anyways, know. Anyways, it was the household Reynolds, J.R. Reynolds or whatever it was. Yeah, J.R. Reynolds. Okay. Um, 
he was there. Yeah, we uh, oppose this because it's a health risk and blah blah blah. It's and, a health and risk and all this stuff. And I and I and I had so much fun. I was the guy right behind him, and I what everything I had wrote down, I literally didn't even look at it because I just tossed it. I just tossed it because I just tore this guy's whole thing apart. Sure. And I said, of course, he's a lobbyist for you know R.J. Reynolds, yep. and uh, he um, you know. Th- they, he wants competition out of the way, and of course, the, the lobbyists for the police—they want more reasons to go harass people, well, especially you know, young people. They he, want to be able to talk to young people because the more you talk to, more the more contacts contacts you have with young people, the more things you can find to arrest them for. Young yeah, people are just easier to arrest, and it's a job—it's a cop's job to arrest people. Yeah, the That's, less educated someone is, and the less they understand their rights, yeah, much they're, they're low-hanging fruit for police. And uh, you know, for me, it's not that I. It's not that I love vapes or anything like that. I don't. I don't vape. Uh, And I quit smoking a few years before vapes came around. I probably would have switched to them to to help facilitate quitting when I quit. But eh, it wasn't really an option when I was doing it. So, you know, forget about it. Well, it doesn't really make a difference. But ultimately here is, first off, we know cigarettes are bad for you. Yep. And we know that vaporizers contain fewer of the chemicals that are bad for you from cigarettes. And you have vape juice options that, like, glycol polypropylene is, like, some of the lower-end El Cheapo mm-hmm. vape juices uh, have that glycol in them. And what the glycol does is it makes it very stable, the juice, whether it's 110 degrees or mm-hmm. whether it's 15 below zero. It's a consistent. So what will happen is is if you've got, like, some of these natural, natural it's just like a vegetable i can't remember what it's called vegetable glycerin base uh if you leave that in your car and it's like below 45 degrees uh, that thing's not going to work until you warm it up or what can happen is it can actually crack it and freeze it if it gets way down low in the teens it'll actually break these devices so you got to be you know and some of them i I imagine they're expensive like anything else you you know you got good ones they got hundred dollar ones of these sure so you start breaking a couple of those because you left it in your car because you can't bring it into work or because whatever, you forgot it here in New Hampshire in the wintertime. But uh, there's a lot of healthy options in the glycol polypropylene, which is basically your antifreeze, you know, that That, that doesn't seem dog. particularly healthy. <laughs> right. I mean, it's in, you know, you know your El Cheapo ranch dressing. It's in, it's in a lot of things, glycol polypropylene or polypropylene glycol. I'm sure somebody's yelling at the radio right now. Uh, but yeah, that is like the popcorn lung issue they're talking about with vapes, but there's... All these vape shops, literally, from what I understand, because I have a, a close friend who's all about vaping, uh, and she's telling me, oh, I get the vegetable glycerin ones, and then they got the whole organic sec- section. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and so there's other options. There is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, admittedly, these things haven't been studied. I don't think they should. people should be talking about them being safe, but you're literally talking, comparing them to the biggest plague facing the planet right now, which is the smoking of cigarettes. I don't want to see any laws that uh, disallow somebody from smoking on their own property or someplace where the property owner wants them to smoke because I believe in freedom. However, I also understand that smoking is not good for you. And I don't want to see any more taxation or regulations because taxation and regulations, they really only affect the poor. Well, That's it. <laughs> they, they, they certainly disproportionately affect the poor. And in this case, That's when you're going after... Explanation. Um, when, you're, when you go after e-cigarettes, you basically drive up the prices of the e-cigarettes because people can still get the vape stuff you drive up the pricing making it like less likely that poor people will go for them so i have watched people try to make the decision as to whether or not they were going to get an e-cigarette set up for 50 bucks or spend 
six or seven dollars of the next pack of cigarettes. Yeah, the tobacco lobby is really anti e-cigarette, big time. Well, that tells you something. The number, 855-450-3733. What are your thoughts on this? Am I seeing it wrong? 855-450-FREE. As in freedom, here on Free Talk Live, or the Discord rooms at discord.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever you want, but we're talking about vaping here on Free Talk Live. Specifically, um, an article here from InsideSources.com that uh, is talking about how when they regulate and tax vaping, they drive poor people to smoke. And I think it's uh, true. Yeah, R.J. Reynolds and Phillips Morris probably realize that, and they're like, yep, we need to... They probably understand economics. Absolutely. (laughs) And... Yeah, they haven't stayed in business this long, you know, without government helping them monopolize it first off and understand the economics. I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is, uh, well, it should be your first source for all news, crypto, and Bitcoin-related they have their own dedicated team over there, and like unlike several uh, crypto news organizations, they they've got their own guys and own people. You can go to Bitcoin.com not only to buy Bitcoin Cash, but to get a wallet to uh, you know just get started. They've got the get started thing. If you don't know anything about Bitcoin, this is the place to go. This is the starting point uh, for finding out about cryptocurrencies. Go to Bitcoin.com and. They'll help you out. As a matter of fact, they uh, have made it now that you so that you can use local.bitcoin.com and you can buy, sell, trade Bitcoin Cash with uh, dozens of payment options like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposits, remittances, or meeting in person and with no ID requirements to uh, sign up and to use the site and all the communications are encrypted. It's awesome. Local.bitcoin.com, that's another option. For getting cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin.com's become a one-stop shop. It is just, I like it because it's one thing you can send people to, to really, I mean, it's on a, it's on my business card because when I start talking about Bitcoin, how do I, I'll tell people, you know, as long as I got time to tell them, but I'm like, hey, go to Bitcoin.com. You know, it's on the back of my card. Check it out. Yep. Bitcoin.com. They make and, it easy. And, and it works a lot. I've, I've gotten a lot of people setting up those wallets. Let's go to Jim calling in from Iowa. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I'd just like to... Can you hear me okay? I got you, Jim. What's on your mind? Okay, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the Bible. I know you don't believe it, but there's a couple of things in the Old Testament, which was like 2,000 years ago when it was written. Okay. Yeah, a little uh, more than that, probably, if it's in the Old Testament. Anyway, in the Old Testament, it talks about uh, there's nothing in the north. It's empty in the north, and they know now there's nothing in the north. It talks about the stars singing. Are we talking about, like, the North Pole? No, the north, northern sky. Okay. It's empty. And they know that now. I don't know And they also means. talk about the stars singing in the Bible. Okay. And they know now that the stars do make a musical note. All right. The Bible also says that God hangs the, earl, the world on nothing. And that back then they thought it was held up by a, a man or something. Talks about the ark of the world. Prophecies all came true. That's well, just a few things. There's a whole bunch more. The stuff prophecies can be tough because it depends. Is, 
Go ahead. Don't go by the, just don't say the prophecy. Go by the other stuff I told you. What other Bible stuff? Says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Uh huh. And if you don't understand the Bible, well, wait a second, Jim. Which scripture are we talking about? Hold on, hold on, hold on, Jim. I've read the Bible through three times. So um, when you talk about studying, that's uh, I, I think I'm, I'm with. The, I've I've done whatever God could expect from me as far as reading the Bible. So um, when you talk about the the scripture is inspired by God. Which scripture? So the Bible isn't a book. Wasn't a book until. Well, hold on. And New Testament. Revelation says, don't well, why is it the Old and New Testaments? What about the apocryphal books from the Catholic Bible? What about they the books? They studied that, and they proved those things are false. What do you like mean, the false? Book of Mormon is made up. Oh. Just like the Book of Mormon, they proved it was made up. I can tell what do you mean, made up? I mean, are you telling me that, uh, for instance, like, why did the Song of Solomon, Jim? Chevy is better than Ford. <laughs> Ask any Chevy guy. Jim, why did the Song of Solomon make it into the Bible, but um, you know the St. George and the Dragon didn't? Because it was God's will. The Bible says study to show thyself approved. Does that God. mean, I know, that, I know the Bible says study to show thyself approved. Does the that Bible mean... For 2,000 years, it stood the test of time. Well, so the Epic of Gilgamesh is older. Should I, based on the number of years, I should have believed the Epic of Gilgamesh is, is the truth, not the Bible, right? That wasn't. That, I'm talking about the scriptures of, that God gave. That well, you're just claiming that God gave them. I just gave you a whole bunch of things right in the Bible that's back, that nobody could have known back then because they didn't have telescopes. They weren't scientists. They couldn't have known that stuff. Well, the, the God, Greek, God scholars, Greek scholars God from before Jesus was born thought the world was round. Didn't lizard people tell them or aliens or something? Well, you know what? You can make fun of the Bible. God, I'm not making fun of the Bible. You called God, in on it. I'm asking you, you some questions. I've heard you call the Bible a weird book and convoluted. That's when, God's word. When was that? Answer to God. God is not mocked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hold on just a second here. When you stand before God, you're going to think you find out the Bible is true and it is God's word after all. I hope I do stand I before God because I have some things. questions. You're going to be so scared you're not going to say a word. No. Well, oh, Bible, of the, if you want to study the Bible... God gives sends his Holy Spirit to help you. Study the show thyself, approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the well, Why are you saying needeth? You're not from the 14th century. You don't need to say needeth. There's nothing holy about speaking in King James speak. That's just when the Bible is translated, and that translation just happens to be closest to the Hebrew and the Greek. Nah, the, the Geneva Convention's better. And, no, the, and Geneva, the, the Geneva Version's better. To trans- translators... Other Bible scholars say the King James is the closest. Yeah, the ones that like the King James version. And the original Greek and the original Hebrew, and it came out the same. I I don't trust King James. He was a king. That's why I don't trust him. I mean, these these Bibles were translated by, you know, men who put their own spin on it. It's no different than reading the news today. We've had the Bible for 2,000 years. God's not a deceiver. He's not going to let everyone in the world believe it. Well, then why did he let the King James, the monks that translated the King James, add uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit when now the translators of the King James say that, yes, that it was absolutely just added in? I mean, there were hundreds of years of a mistranslation there that had to do with the Trinity. Right, right, right. We know that now, but they didn't know that, um, you know, when the people were going to Anglican Church uh, using the King James. What do you mean? What, what verse are you talking about? Farther and I, I'm Farther sorry, and I can't hunt it down for you right now. I'm not the one to quote it, what but I. 
it was added. That's why it was in italics, right? I, I don't know. I'm just saying that sometimes that happens. That sometimes that happens. Some of the verses are changed. And what we find out historically is, is that we've okay, the, the learned new things. Bible, to learn what to do to be saved and what God wants us to do. Why do I have to be saved? Why did God put me in a condition that I have to be saved in? So you can resurrect your own personal Jesus. Our, our thoughts are not God's, thought, God's thoughts. Our ways are not God's Right, ways. but they. But I am created in his image, and presumably he's called fair and just. I understand what fairness and justice are, at least by my limited human understanding. I was yeah, it's my opinion. What? Look. Maybe that's different from God. It, maybe it is, in which case I don't want anything to do with him. I hope that I am separated for all eternity from somebody that would harm, that would you torture their children. Worry. You will be Excellent. from God from all eternity. Well, then about that, that'll be fine. You seem you very, now. very set in your ways, Jim, but hope all the best to you. I'm not, I'm just, the Bible says it. I believe it. That's all there is to it. Yeah, well, I, and I don't. I don't believe something just because it's an ancient text. Someday. Thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Licko Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Licko Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Licko Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live. If the the last gentleman who called in is is no, it, it, I mean, there's there perfect example. I am not a big believer in the Bible. I think it's a fine ancient texts as ancient texts go. I just some don't, good stuff in it. Yeah, I just don't think that it is the unerring word of God. And I'm not at all a fan of the notion of hell. I don't. It's not that I'm some atheist or anything like that. It's just that these are my beliefs. But that guy disagreed. Did you? I mean, he stayed on the full segment and yep. had every opportunity to say what he was going to say. And yeah, I asked him questions. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. Not only can you present the idea that you have, whatever it is, like, for instance, the Bible is the unerring word of God. But I'm going to ask you questions about it. We're going to talk about it. And that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We make it available. This That's free speech. That's our goal is that you can talk about what you want to talk about and people are going to ask you questions. And there's constantly a bias. I don't care if it's with politics, religion. Uh, if you're into horses, you got people that are going to love Arabian horses no yep. matter what for everything. You got people that... They're only going to drive a Toyota. They would only drive, a, especially the Ford, Dodge, Chevy guys. I mean, you're all driving the same darn truck, and they just hate each other because the other guy's got a Chevy, and I'm a Ford man, or mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Or Same thing with sports ball. There's always my thing that I'm into is the best. And I used to think at one time that certain parts of certain political ideologies were the best. Mm-hmm. Certain tr- trucks were the best because of the brand name. This whole, it, it comes down to branding. I mean, you know, the American flag is essentially a brand just as Chevy trucks is a brand, just as sure. Patriots football franchise is a brand. And people just, I mean, 
worship these brands and i mean even the whole like idea of fsp free state project brand is like come on i mean you know if you if you're brand loyal uh brands never stay on top of their game if you look at history of like just brands in general they usually you know they're great at for for one time and then what starts happening is because the brand is so awesome and anybody will just i go along with the brand they start you know basically milking this brand for all it's worth and they produce a crappy product or or whatever it is just happens it's just cycles it's, you know it just it happens well in the case uh uh, you know, the case of Christianity, for instance, this brand has really managed to hold on. I mean, Jesus is considered the, uh, the the man of the millennium, and I think he deserves the title of man of the millennium, the last millennium, too. Like the, the second running man of the millennium, I think that Jesus is probably the most important figure in the last 2,000 years. Um, but there's been a lot of people who've come in and ruined that brand for Christianity, and there'll probably be more. And I, and so, I personally think Jesus is a fiction, a literal okay. fiction. He could I've, be. I've studied this, that, and I believe that we all have our own personal Jesus here in the real world, and we animate this Jesus or give this Jesus life every time we ask the government for permission, sign these documents that have an X next to your name, you know, the, the cross Jesus died on. I mean, just, I mean, even the the character that your birth certificate, not the certificate of live birth, all the biological identifiers on that birth certificate with the name in all capital letters, uh, it literally comes from the placenta, the afterbirth, and that has mom's DNA, and that is defined as a child by United States Code, by the whole Maternity Act of 1927. Everything that comes out of the, you know, basically out of the birth canal is a child, whether so it's this a baby. Is, we can read this in the Maternity Act of 19... 19- well, so the Maternity Act of 1927 gets into this, United States Code gets into this, the Maternity Act of 1927 was repealed, uh, basically as part of the new deal. And then a lot of that maternity act stuff got rolled into the new deal. And this is where the, um, all the states started getting the same exact birth certificates because they use the birth certificates to like, you know, create this entity that everybody operates as. And this is, you know, the entity that I am using as entity is essentially an intellectual property of the state or copyright that they enforce. And this is why when you go to court, and you're operating as the name on a government document, that name and date of birth, you have no rights because you're exercising, you know. I want to get some calls here, Jay. Um, Excellent. So we go to, uh, first I want to tell people, please go to 123.freetalklive.com if you're a business owner. If you want to find out about this new advertising program that we're embarking on and get involved, I believe this to be a uh, an innovation in advertising. 123.freetalklive.com. And I think you're going to be very, very happy if you get involved there. Uh, let's go to David calling in from Albuquerque. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> it is perfect. Though. Um, What's on your mind? I, I want, well, you, you brought up something. Uh, first, I just want to say, first of all, that you can, uh, you can eliminate all those silly rules uh, if you're willing to use your body. You just stand up against it. You can make all the rules just how you want them to be, and not play by their rules anymore. Which rules? It's just which rule do you any any rule that you don't want? Remember, might makes right. So, um, I, all, that's all I wanted to say was you can okay. change all those rules. We're not we're, we're not bound. It, well, let me let me. Uh, Jay brought up horses, so let me bring up my horse analogy again. I remember when I was a kid, I had a oh, the, and that. That brings that up too. I like about one eighth Arabian in my quarter horse, but and I, and I had a I agree a one eighth Arabian quarter horse mix, uh, and I taught him 
I could lead him around with without uh, any any uh, lead rope at all, nothing. And I did it by you know first of all just uh, uh, using a lighter and lighter rope, and I got to the point where I could literally pluck a hair out of his tail and wrap that around his neck, and he would follow me. And then I got so that I could use a uh, an, an imaginary rope mm-hmm. and put for just pretend like I'm putting that around his neck, and then he would follow me. And then you, you and like you can look on YouTube, you can see. Horses that are tied up to uh, to uh, plastic chairs and stuff like that. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. And they just, yeah. Uh, anyway, and the, so so the, the the same thing goes for for us. And um, we we are just bound to all of the silly rules that uh, are in the court system. Yeah, this is kind of like the boiling frog analogy, right? Um, that uh, you know things get changed over time, slowly and gradually, and you'll put up with anything until you're dead, uh, which is basically what happens there. And that's kind of how it goes. Uh, what you're what you're saying here with the horses? Yeah, which and remember that that's just an analogy for humans because mm-hmm. we're the exact same. And what I'm saying is that that it, today. The we, the people, the average person, is the same as that horse that's being led around with an invisible rope. If if they only if they only knew that they could uh, you know turn and walk a, a different direction at any time that they wanted, and that nobody could stop them, uh, you know they could do that. But they don't they don't believe that they can. They believe that they're actually bound by that heavy lead rope that was that they think is there. But Conditioning so, and socialization are powerful. But there are some horses that are very smart, and their spirit is very, very hard to break. And like Arabians, for example, are these probably the oldest, one of the oldest breeds of horses. And like purebred Arabians are very smart, and they're and they're, they're hard to train at first. They you got to win their break their spirit and or win their loyalty. And that's kind of something you had probably done with that horse of yours. And the fact that it was one eighth Arabian actually helps because it does get it's smart enough to understand you and to be trained. But it's not quite smart enough to, you know, fight back. And quarter horses are kind of docile. Gives so. more compliance. Yeah, well, we we actually had a, a a fun game. It's like when I wanted, we had a big, you know, hundred acre pasture, and um, and so I had, if I wanted to ride the horse, I had to catch him, and you couldn't catch him because he would avoid you. He didn't want, he didn't want to yep. act like he didn't want to be bridled and ridden. And but I so know the, this game very well. <laughs> yeah. So the trick to get him was, and most other horses was to put some oats in the bottom of a five gallon pail and bring it out to him and, and he would see the pail come up to it when he puts his head down in the pail then that's where you put the, the rope around his neck and then once once uh you got the rope around his neck then he he says okay oh, you got me and but the thing is is the horse knew the game the whole game before he ever walked up to the bucket he he knew that that he was he, he didn't he was pretending to avoid it and and then he was acting like uh you know he was avoiding it and he'd come up and put his head in the bucket, and then he would act like he was surprised that he got caught when the whole time he knew he was going to get caught. It was just a game. Right. If this can't happen over and over again, he doesn't figure it out. But, you know, I mean, we all trade certain uh, things for some of our liberty, and that's probably what he was doing. He was trading a little bit of uh, oats for his liberty for at least a period of time, and riding wasn't so bad. And just but, like the horse, humans get small rewards for their compliance. Thanks for the call, David. Appreciate it. It's the final segment of Free Talk Live, and I suppose it's possible we would get you on. The number's 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Jay. Talking about vaporizers here, um, these e-cigarettes, and how 
towns, cities, states, they're criminalizing these things or regulating them and taxing them and doing and all this kind of stuff. They're super popular and they're taking a huge market share from legacy tobacco. Well, that much is true. And it seems to bother, it bothers somebody, I can tell you that much. Just and, follow the money. <laughs> well, that's, that's good advice, uh, generally. Going on with this article, one such new example is the trend towards criminalizing the ownership and use of e-cigarettes and other vaping products. With an uptick in teen vaping, lawmakers across the country have been proposing everything from excise taxes to flavor bans as a mean of curbing teen access. Some municipalities are taking even more drastic steps. Both large cities like San Francisco as well as smaller townships like Morristown, New Jersey, have introduced legislation to ban the sale or even the possession of e-cigarettes. And it just goes on and on. Certainly the problem of teen vaping is something to take seriously, but vaping is intended to be a safer alternative for adult smokers. By the uh, by, making it harder to access a product like e-cigarettes, the government doesn't uh, eliminate the need for vaping. It simply forces customers to turn either to an easier product to purchase, ironically, cigarettes, or forces them into a black market, which is what's happening in Australia. I imagine that a 16-year-old or a 14-year-old or even a 12-year-old could walk into a vape store and buy or buy buy some of these products because a lot of them, like there's a lot of vape juices you can buy that don't have any, essentially vegetable glycerin and vanilla flavor. But they're regulating those too. That's the thing. Nothing regulatable. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's becoming, and actually it's becoming like the microbrew like beer, like you got all these micro brews everywhere. Where now, like you can buy these kits and literally make up your own vape juice. You can just make it yourself. That's true. You can do that. So anyway, um, going on here, it says uh, applying Green's theory bans on e. I don't know what Green is uh, bans on e-cigarettes and vaping products will especially affect the poor, contributing to a snowballing strain on those who can afford it the least. In addition to penalties some might face, vaping bans will have detrimental effects on public health, especially among these poorer communities. And this is absolutely true. If you're looking at a, somebody going out and buying a $50 vape setup versus a $6 pack of generic cigarettes, what are they going to do? Right. They're going to go buy the $6 generic cigarettes that are, they can walk to the store. Rather, you know, a lot of times it's just, it's just harder. The harder you make it to get vapes the fewer people who are going to quit smoking. And vaporizing has been successful in helping people to quit smoking. Is it disturbing to me that young people would choose to vaporize, like these jewels um, and stuff like that, uh, in, uh, rather, in, before they even smoke? Well, yeah, I'm disturbed by that. I don't like that notion very much. Would you, would you rather... But they, they probably, in the absence of jewels, would have started smoking. That's right. Yeah, 25 years ago, they would have started smoking. I mean, a bunch of my buddies smoked when I was... A, you know, a teenager. And a lot of them don't smoke now that did smoke when I was a teenager. Well, yeah, people give it up. Um, I think it's, uh, to some extent, a rite of passage. I smoked for from the time I was probably about uh, 17 years old to uh, probably, I guess, my mid-30s, uh, thereabouts, maybe and 40. most of my friends that smoked, the reason I remember my buddies always wanted me to smoke, and I didn't want to smoke because my dad would I was, I was going to get a beaten, <laughs> and he was a smoker. But they did it because it was the most rebellious thing they could do. Right. Let's go to Mike calling in from uh, Washington. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on Hi. your mind? Hey, what's going on? Hey, I actually got through. I can't believe it. Um, well, one thing about the religion I wanted to bring up. Now, I've not spent any time in church myself, but my mother was in a convent, 
from the time she was 15 till she was 30. And then uh, when she turned 35, she had me. Interestingly enough, though, I have a sister that's six years old. And so she must have been a miracle child because, um, you know, my mother was in that Catholic prison in Hoboken. And to the um, feller that was in the movie Seabiscuit feeding the horse oats, um, if you actually just ignore the old nag, she'll come right to you and you don't have to waste a uh, pound of oats and, or take a chance on getting her head stuck in a bucket. Thanks for taking my call, guys. <laughs> and, and, and he is not wrong when he says that because uh, there's a lot of times that we would just, you know, you do this game where you go chase the horse around and you ignore him and the horse is breathing right down your back. And as soon as you turn around, he'll run the other way. But if you could just stop and let him walk past you a little bit and then put your hand on him, a lot of times he'll submit to you. I've, I've played that game a lot with horses, and they're all a little different. You deliver uh, hay, and you spend a lot of time with yeah, horses. Yeah, I grew up in the horse business. I was literally buying and selling horses uh, you know, actively up until about four years ago. And, yeah, I did a lot in the horse business. Let's talk to Philip calling in from Missouri. Philip, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi. Uh, again, my name is Philip. Uh, you guys were talking about birth certificates earlier today. And well, I, I was. I have a really... Right. And I had a really interesting story that I I just... I had to tell. Okay. And that is that I, I'm, I was born in 1980 in Roswell, New Mexico. All right. <laughs> and my mother never knew... Oh, well, of course she knew, but she never said who my father was. Okay. So being in Roswell, they just wrote my father down as E T. Are you serious? What does E? What did that stand I'm for, absolutely though? Absolutely serious. Extraterrestrial. Well, yes, no that's idea. what it stands for in the movie. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> so Maybe the Edward Townsend. Okay, so it could have been short for Can a name. All right. Edward Townsend. What's that about Edward Townsend? I mean, like, can we all just like do a group? The search of Edward Townsend and Roswell and see if like something comes up, please. Why would that? Uh, why Did would you a whole bunch of people yet? doing it? Because I can't. I can't have my father being ET. I mean, that's oh, an actor. You know, like. Well, there you go. I mean, it's a it's it's a, it's an odd story. And I that, think it's uh, funny that the, in Roswell they would do that. Didn't the ET movie come out like four About, or five years after you were born? Yeah, a few years after. Well, I mean. It's been happening for I don't know how many years, man. And ET kind of had parlance because uh, people knew the term extraterrestrial. Yep. I I'm, I don't know if they used there the the initials ET before that. I don't know. I'm Phil, it's a great sure story. It's like the CIA did. <laughs> well. I don't know what they had to do with it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Following up on this uh, story as far as uh, vaporizers go here, I think that it is pretty obvious that the the do-gooders out there that want to stop vaporizing are harming people more than they're helping. I think that they dislike vaporizing just because there's this plume of vapor. It All the complaints that one has about smoking... Basically, the you know most the vast majority of them disappear with uh, vapor. You know, there's almost no secondhand smoke situation when you're dealing with it. You know, you might get a little bit of uh, nicotine or something that you you know inhale, but very very little. You walk through, and the that's cloud. not the, the what's most carcinogenic about cigarette smoke. 
Oh, right. And and if you walk through the cloud, you might smell a little vanilla. And right. also with the cigarette smoke, I mean, these guys are purposely like the the cool cigarettes, for example. They had uh, like this really small particulate fiberglass. And what it would do is it would actually get into your lungs. And so you could absorb more like nicotine or somehow it would like it would it would mess with you and this was like a a big thing that the the makers of cools got like sued over years ago i don't even know if you can buy cools anymore um you could a few years ago i've heard this story i don't know what the truth of the story is i i I just don't know the veracity of it i've heard um heard it and then i've heard people rebut it and i don't i don't even know i wouldn't know uh but i can tell you there's lots of things in cigarettes that are bad for you well and and they're made purposely addictive and these chemicals they put even more so like they they amp it up they they found what's addictive and they turned it up to 11 yeah and, and now facebook is you know Everybody's looking for their next dopamine hit on social media. So I mean, I, I think we need to be worried about more more about um, these uh, you know digital addictions maybe than um, vapes. And the city of San Francisco has got much bigger problems than uh, than vapes. I mean, they just regulate regulate everything until the place is literally a, a cesspool. My the favorite part about cesspool. yeah, right. when you say a cesspool, what you mean is is that they have apps now to track um, to track the poop on the sidewalk in San Francisco. Well, this is what regulation will get you. I I, I don't. If I, I I it's almost unpredictable to me. I'm very surprised to find this, but sure, sure enough, it's uh you know there's there's just humans pooping on sidewalks in San Francisco, and somehow or another we're worried about vapes. It's amazing what you can get that city council to chit chat about. Oh, uh, absolutely. When they can't solve their own Real civilization problem. problems. It's been Mark with you and Jay. You can uh, check us out at freetalklive.com. Over there, you can sign up for our newsletter. We'd love to have you get our newsletter basically once a month. You find out all the fun stuff that's happening with Free Talk Live and ways you can be further involved. It's uh, just freetalklive.com, and the newsletter sign up is right there. Taxation is theft. You love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no, not if everyone stops using it. I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com, and it's a place you can send any business. And they'll be set up to take Bitcoin in five minutes. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. 